0: that's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now, as world leaders gather in the resort island of Bali for the G20 summit to discuss how countries can recover together and recover stronger from the pandemic, macroeconomic challenges such as inflation, slowing growth, and the U.S. interest rate hike continue to weigh on governments and central banks. Now, for one thing, Indonesia's central bank is set to raise its interest rates by 50 basis points later this week, while further away, the UK is set to release its highly anticipated fiscal statement tomorrow. So what would all of these mean for markets and what is the investment outlook for us retail investors here in Singapore? Now for more let's speak to James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Hi James, welcome to the show. Hello, hi. Uh, James, to get us started, let's talk very briefly about the G20. Looking at the meeting purely from a macroeconomic or market perspective, uh, what are some broad takeaways for you
1: well there are some glimmers of hopes especially in areas of cooperation uh, yes there will still be uh, competition and friction but there are areas whereby I think that the leaders uh, recognize there are uh, win-wins in, in such as endemic preparedness uh, the facing the threat of slowing growth high inflation and associated with inflation, food security. But I think more importantly, there there is also a recognition that um, all parties uh, have to work together to kind of uh, solve the climate change issue, and and that focus on sustainability. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, very important, uh, and and it's going to be a very important trend uh, in the years ahead.
0: Mm, I see. And James, away from the summit, I also want to take a look at some key developments for the week. We have the U.S. Producer Price Index Report, which is an indicator for wholesale prices. Now, that reading came in below expectations. So where do you see inflation going? Have
1: prices peaked just yet? Uh, Well, the the PPI reading, it's a reflection that goods inflation is starting to slow. And I think that's good news. Uh, And of course, we are seeing uh, many commodity prices continue to grind lower. Uh, Supply chain bottlenecks are also showing signs of easing. Uh, Supplier delays, dropping and shipping costs are rolling over. So all these are good. But by and large, if you look at the general inflation trend, uh, headline inflation is starting to slow down as we've seen in the October data. But what's uh, worrying, of course, is still service uh, inflation, which is still high and still fairly uh, sticky. Uh, A lot has to do with uh, labor costs, uh, wages. And I think that's going to be very crucial Uh, in the months ahead to watch out for it, especially how the tightening policy of the Fed would affect uh, the labour market and which in turn will affect service inflation.
0: Right, and in the meantime, uh, James, October retail sales results coming up today for the US. To what extent will it help us confirm the state of the US economy and provide some clues as to where the Fed is moving? Well, in, in, in
1: many ways, uh, consumers are still uh, fairly resilient, uh, especially uh, in the US. But if you look ahead, uh, of course, we, we have the holiday season and that should still uh, kind of support spending. Mm. But if you look further out uh, into twenty. Uh, 23. Uh, uh, consumer confidence are looking to be weaker. Uh, housing markets are rolling over due to the higher uh, mortgage rates. And and I think clearly, uh, uh, real income growth is also slowing, which also would mean that uh, the resilience of that spending should start to slow down uh, as we go into 2023.
0: Right, you mentioned the slowdown going into 2023, but at the same time, we are also getting some signals from uh, Fed officials that markets might be overly optimistic about a potential pivot and the Fed's policy, what are your thoughts on this? And for how long can this talk of a pivot bolster U.S. equities for now?
1: Well, the, the pivot is really a, a sort of a process in which uh, the Fed would uh, continue to hike rates, but hike rates at a, a less, uh, a less, uh, a less tight pace, mm. and thereafter they will pause. Uh, in, in terms of the interest rate increase, and thereafter they will cut, so the entire process uh, can take uh, as long as one to two years, mm. or it could be even uh, a shorter, really depending. On how uh, the economic data pans out, and clearly, it really depends if the labor market slows down. So, I think that's something that the Fed is watching out for. Um, and of course, uh, the, uh, in many ways, uh, the, the markets have placed a lot of emphasis on the latest uh, inflation data and sort of uh, compressed the entire process of of uh, the pivot uh, in terms of rate cut, uh, in expecting that to be very, very soon. But I, I think. Uh, it's still premature for a rate cut at this stage, just looking at, at one data point. Uh, it might still need uh, further uh, confirmation, especially uh, from the labor market, which is still fairly uh, resilient especially when it comes to uh, wage growth.
0: Right, that's right. And James, I was looking at this article by Bloomberg. It says, what if the Fed has to take rates up to 6%? So question is, you mentioned that it might be too early to be happy about a pivot. So what are the chances of rates going up to 6% then?
1: Well, uh, our view is that uh, they could still, uh, the next meeting, they could increase by 50 basis points in hmm. December and maybe in February another 50 basis points. And that would take the rate up to almost 475 uh, to five percent um yeah uh, so the our view is that they will pause the, that at that uh, rate for about a year and see how um, the, the labor market uh, develops but of course if you do get uh, further uh, shocks whether it's uh, rising uh, oil price or, or any uh, supply side shock that could actually tip uh, or force inflation to go back up again and and that would force the Fed to increase rates even more but i, I don't think at this stage is the base case but but clearly uh, something to kind of watch out for as as a kind of a, a risk out there.
0: Hmm. Now if you're just tuning in we're now speaking to James Tiro, chief investment officer southeast asia at HSBC global private banking and wealth While uh, well James closer to home we saw some banks Uh, downgrading GDP forecast for China, one expecting growth to come in at 2.9% for this year, down from 3.1%. Do you agree with this assessment? What is the outlook for China going forward?
1: Well, the growth of outlook uh, in mainland China remains uh, fairly uh, uncertain. But if you look at the latest uh, set of uh, data, clearly it reflects some downside risk, especially from uh, the property uh, market. Um, and and of course resulting from uh, covid restrictions but there is also clear potential for upside risk uh, should the, the economy uh, reopen, uh, particularly uh, moving away from the zero-COVID policy in 2023. Um, so I, I think there are some cases to be a bit more uh, uh, optimistic about, especially when it comes to uh, policy uh, support. And I think in recent weeks, uh, those support has essentially picked up, uh, whether it's uh, measures to help put a flaw on the property market, slow down or even further adjustments to its zero-COVID policies, taking steps away uh, towards a more gradual relaxation. Uh, So all these things are are still uh, moving parts, but clearly that would support growth. And and we still think that um, China's uh, GDP or economy should stabilize and should uh, recover grow at around over five percent in 2023.
0: Right and uh, James I'll also like to take a look at what's going on in Southeast Asia as well. Indonesia set to push interest rates up by another 50 basis points. To what extent do you think this is sufficient?
1: Uh, Well I think in Indonesia's case uh, Indonesia's growth is actually quite strong and of course uh, that that is uh, seen in the uh, third q numbers really led by export and investments. Um, And I think that's a a very uh, strong position in which they could tighten policy and not be so worried about uh, economic growth, mm. and they can focus on, on bringing uh, inflation down. Um, and, and I think from that perspective, uh, there is uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, macro stability uh, in Indonesia in that sense. Um, so I, I think uh, uh, there, there is a, a good chance that uh, the central bank would hide uh, 50 basis points at this meeting uh, that would take policy rate up to 5.25. But I think thereafter, it's very likely that the central bank will watch and monitor the data again before uh, making their decision on whether uh, inflation or growth is something that they are more concerned about.
0: Mm. and you mentioned about being more stable uh, on the macro perspective for Indonesia and Malaysia in the meantime also posting faster growth for the third quarter as well so looking at Southeast Asia in totality what is the outlook ahead and how should us retail investors in Singapore position our portfolios?
1: Yeah, You're right in in the sense that Malaysia also surprised on the upside when it comes to the GDP going at 14.2% for Q3 year on year Uh, and a lot of this growth uh, of course both in the Indonesia and Malaysia have a very strong private consumption going for them. But I think the surprise, again, came from exports and private investments. Um, And and it's also due to uh, kind of the diversified export mix, largely uh, energy exports associated with uh, natural gas and also uh, electronics because of the demand. Uh, for automotive uh, chips that were better than expected. Um, so I think the prospect for Southeast Asia really looks quite uh, solid in the sense that uh, many countries are, are sort of uh, well-positioned because many economies mm. in Southeast Asia have large domestic uh, consumer base. Mm. But also, I think, on the investment front, it has been quite resilient, uh, getting quite a bit of uh, capital right. spending from manufacturing firms and services firms.
0: Right. And one very quick question, James, before we let you go, the UK is releasing its highly anticipated fiscal statement tomorrow. To what extent will it be a bitter pill for households and people in the UK to swallow?
1: Yeah, well, I think it will have to be quite, uh, in terms of fiscal tightening, I think that's going to be expected. So, it's it comes at a time in which uh, unemployment uh, rolls in, uh, to about 3.6% in, mm. in, in September, uh, high inflation, uh, high interest rates, and, and clearly, if if uh, you go through a time of austerity, uh, that that would would mean um, households would uh, uh, face uh, even more uh, kind of uh, pressure, whether it's uh, um, on their wages or even in terms of employment. So I think it, it's going to be uh, quite uh, difficult in, in that sense uh, for for the UK economy. Uh, but nevertheless, I think these are the challenges uh, right now that uh, UK is facing.
0: Mm, right, we just have to bite the bullet for now, isn't it? Well. Thanks very much, James. That was James Cho, Chief Investment Officer Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Many thanks for joining us on Money FM eighty nine point three. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.